0: Hey everyone, welcome to Archer's TNT TNT Classroom Podcast. We're exploring innovative, wild, crazy ideas to spark creativity and inspiration within your classroom. I will be sharing and exploring lots of dynamite material to use on a monthly basis uh, throughout the school year. So the topic of discussion today is the Hour of Code. Anyone ever heard of Hour of Code? Well, you're about to find out all about it right here in this podcast. So do you guys want to try something wild and crazy? But also ha- But also allows you to see those challenging students within your classroom excel in an engaging activity. So stick around, stick around. We're going to hear a little bit more about it with the Hour Code. So let me tell you a little story. So last year, my grade 5, 6 classroom hosted this amazing Girls Can Code event. It was at Lakewood Elementary School for all girls from kindergarten to grade 8. We had over 280 girls involved in exploring various computer science, coding and programming, um, various op- uh, opportunities, apps, um, robotics, micro bits, and whatnot last year. It was a phenomenal event. Paper came and covered it. And it was it's in a local paper here in town. And it was just a fantastic event. Very overwhelming, Um, very busy day, exhausted at the end of the day, but it was so empowering for me to walk away knowing that my two girls who at the time were in kindergarten got the opportunity to explore something that I was very engaged and, uh, passionate about. So they got to explore and they started to develop a bit of a love for it as well. Um, ever since they've been exploring and trying things out since, and I'm hoping that last year a lot of other girls walked away <clears throat> considering um, navigating the field of computer sciences possibly as a career later on in life. So this year I'm going to jump into my a wonderful trio of amazing ladies, Luca, Gabba, Gabby, and Emma, who are planning and implementing another fantastic day, which will promote and demonstrate. Makey Makey coding, microbits, doing fidget spinners and coin flippers and faces, Mbot scratch coding, Minecraft Edu with a little code connection, Hour of Code, and of course the sweet, short and sweet program with the kitty cat and meows, Scratch. So today I'm going to share with you why you should explore the Hour of Code, and also for all the students as well. I also have three student voices from who've been dying to be part of this little podcast that wanna share their favorite programs um, to explore with coding. So jumping into it, we're gonna pop into my meat and the potatoes piece of the podcast. So for teachers, our school in Grand Erie has developed this amazing program called the Digital Lead Learners Program. Now this program identifies teachers with a strong knack for the 20th, uh, 21st century pedagogy in the implementation of 21st century competencies within their classroom. Now, I was asked to join and have been a member for about four years now. Over the past four years, we've jumped deep into core strength areas for each DLL teacher, digitally learned teacher. One of my per- personal inferences, <coughs> excuse me, uh, one of my personal interests and strengths is coding and programming, as they've been strong ties to the vast curriculum expectations in procedural writing and literacy. Throughout the mathematics program, endless opportunities there. Social studies, which I love for Minecraft builds of uh, different places. One of my friends last year, uh, Cole and Carson, built the most amazing uh, indigenous community back in the early 1800s and whatnot. That was so incredible. They had redstone working to knock down trees and things that interacted to build longhouses and whatnot. It was it was incredible uh there's also science mo- uh in particular i'm making programming for electricity and many 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 others to add to the list <clears throat> excuse me during the past four years i've partaken in many conferences that allowed me to meet some of the icons in computer science as well in this coding world such as brian aspinall who wrote this fantastic book it's called Codebreaker, which if you do not know it you got to hook up on uh, amazon and get your hands on that book it is phenomenal for the classroom for the beginner um, uh, coders and people who just want to get their fingers dirty and get in there Um, it has lots of extension projects qr codes within the books blog posting uh, lots of cool links that expands on what he's teaching within his book he's the man you gotta get on I uh, got to get his book, The Code Breaker, and just a shameless pr- plug for my good friend Brian. In the new year, he's opening up the second book called Block Breaker, which I know I'll be one of the very first people to purchase on Amazon. Anyway, so there's Brian, Brian Aspinall. There's Derek Tangrady, who's another fantastic guy. Um, in regards to Microbits, he's the man for Microbits. Lisa Ann Floyd, another fantastic voice for the female audience this is the gal that can empower all ladies out there not to mention another fantastic lady martha (coughs) excuse me martha jez and her husband dustin have this incredible company they call fair chance learning um who have so many opportunities out there to purchase their items, such as the micro bit and the makey makey and so many other cool features and whatnot on their site called fair chance learning. got to check it out. So the other uh, few, uh, iconic names connected with Minecraft edu, which I really had a good connection with. And I really got to enjoy getting around was Minu Rami. Who's fantastic. Lots of podcasts out there. Lots of, uh, uh, Facebook Lives, and she's always at conferences sharing. Garrett Zimmerman, aka <clears throat> at PB Jellybeans, that is got to be the coolest Twitter handle ever. Um, if anyone's met Garrett, he's a fantastic guy, and he has sorry, Garrett uh, has the craziest socks ever. Anyway. This guy, the guy's cool for Minecraft. Another good Minecraft person is Mark uh, Mark Rundle. And some individuals close to home as well, David Crothers in the Thames Valley District School Board is a fantastic guy to get a hold of if you're looking at anything coding-wise. He has so many resources. Check out his Twitter handle. He just uh, dropped in a uh, Google Drive full of um, fantastic resources for the hour of code coming up very shortly, and then one of our own in Grand Erie, Ms. Cynthia Gossard. So why do I mention these people? Well, these people are the ones that you need to connect with on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, get on their websites, their blogs, do Google search. You will have no problem finding any of them. They are the leaders in this field of study. There's so many others out there. I wish I could list them off uh, quickly and fast, but I just can't right at this point in time. Um, So I'm going to jump into the next little feature here. So one of the other things that I I always like to talk about during some podcasts and whatnot is the student piece. And now this is the most important thing in my mind for this particular topic. So what's the benefit for the kids for the hour of code? Well, it's simple. It's very simple. Actually, there's five things. It's the five actual E's of learning. So any of you who have no clue what the five E's of learning is, is the five E's is an instructional model that is based on a constructivist approach to learning, which says that all learners build or construct new ideas on top of their old ones and their old ideas the five e's can be used with all students in all ages including adults in each of these five areas describes a phase of learning and each phase begins with a letter you got it e so the five e's are engage explore explain elaborate elaborate sorry elaborate and evaluate the five e's allow students and us teachers <clears throat> to experience a common activities, to build on prior knowledge and experience, to construct meaning, and to continually access and understand the understanding of a concept. So here are the five E's involved in coding and the hour code. So engage. This phase is, is the starting process. <clears throat> and engage is an activity that should do the following. One, it makes connection between past and present experiences. Now, coding is fairly new to a lot of people, but everyone's played with Play-Doh and everyone's played with some wires and whatnot. Now, you add a little bit of makey-makey into the Play-Doh and the wires and some alligator clips and you got some really cool piano games. You got some amazing opportunities to uh, play interactive games using Play-Doh. Or maybe if you swap the Play-Doh out and add in some fruit, you can use the banana and fruit to jump Mario Brothers in the game online using some Makey Makey connections. You know who to talk to, Brian, Brian Aspinall. And two, <clears throat> anticipate activities and focus students learning on the outcomes of current activities. Students should become mentally engaged in all the concepts and the processes or the skills that are being learned in the classroom. And coding allows you to do that. Something simple as this. Think of this. This is one of the most engaging activities that I ever experienced and ever and ended up doing last year. So one of the things we did with MicroBits, having an extension activity off of a fantastic Skype connection with Derek Tangrady, was a step counter. So he taught us how to create a pedometer. Now, with a few simple tweaks, we looked at utilizing what we learned with the step uh, counter and extending and innovating into the world of math with this. Now, there's lots of cool things you could do with a step counter in math. But engagement. This is the piece. Now, what dance was the dance last year that all kids loved doing and still to the date this year? (sighs) That dreaded flossing dance. Just like the bottle flipping the year before. So anyway, back to the dreaded flossing dance. How many times in your classroom did you see this happening? How many arguments happened in the classroom regarding who's the best flosser? Well, I decided to put it to the test with a simple bit (coughs) of tweaking on Derek's uh, pedometer uh, workshop that we did with Skype. um, We were able to create a sensor that tracked how many times um, we were able to floss. Now, we also created a timer using a micro bit um, with some simple procedural writing links to the literacy curriculum. Um that also tracked a 30 second time limit. Now these kids started at zero and they ended at 30 using that micro bit and every time they did a floss one motion one way and back that was two that was tracked on the micro bit for the flosser. And by the time they hit 30 seconds kids were sweating. But then the engagement piece picked in well how many did I get? I got 22. Well, I got 23. Ooh, got to try harder, but I'm tired. Need a break. All right. Track your numbers. So round one, round two, round three. We actually started doing this throughout the class. Now, the engagement piece uh, was immediate, instant with the kids. And the cool piece for me was we looked into mean, median, Mode. We looked into tracking and graphing with bar graphs and pie graphs and charting everything within round one for all the kids. Round two, round three. We also looked at talking about and writing about why things improved, why numbers decreased. You know, what were the symptoms? What were the causes and stuff? And we then dived into inviting other classroom uh, friends into the mix. Kids that were older, kids that were younger, tracked their progress from round one, two, and three. And then we looked at writing, you know, reasoning why they were faster or slower and whatnot. Engagement to the max. That was the first E. The second E is explore. <clears throat> this phase provides students with a common base of experiences. They identify, develop concepts, concepts, processes, and skills. During this phase, students actively explore their environment and manipulate some materials. So my story on this one is um, we were playing with micro bits and uh, kids started loving what they were doing and they became very um, engaged and started to explore what they could create within the makecode.org um, um, URL, the, the, the online environment. And they found... Lots of other cool experiences that extended into science that extended into various other things. Now, my kids are doing it this year, and we actually have some plants in the classroom that need a little bit of watering, and people aren't really doing their classroom jobs. So, lo and behold, we found by exploring in the micro bit area in Make Code a watering <coughs> tracker. So it tracks how much water is in there with simple paper clips or maybe nails, alligator clips on your microbit and a little bit of programming, some procedural writing. My kids designed a program that displayed on the face of the microbit how much water is in that plant. And when it needs to be watered, there would be an alarm that beeps, 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 just like that seatbelt alarm in your truck that drives you bunkers while you're driving down the street when you should have it on. You always stick it on, therefore it's safe to drive. Now, my kids also have the beep, 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 beep to ensure that they water those plants to stop that annoying beep, 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 just like the seatbelt thing. Now, the cool thing with this is (coughs) some lots of features in exploring and whatnot. One of my friends, Adam, went home that night and he thought, how can I explore and make this better? Well. Instead of me watering the plant, could we do something with servo motors, a straw, and make this automated? So Adam went home, designed a program that ex- explained a different means of engaging and exploring um, how to make this job simplified and automated. And now he's going home tonight with a servo motor, a whole bunch of cords and whatnot. And hopefully tomorrow we'll see his end product. The 30. In the phase, (coughs) in the 5E phase, is explain. This phase helps students explain the concepts they have been exploring. They have opportunities to verbalize their conceptual understanding or to demonstrate new skills or behaviors. This phase also provides opportunities for teachers to introduce formal terms, definitions, explanations for concepts, processes, skills, or behaviors. Now, one of my friends last year Um, Mr. Dante, it was a bit challenging at times, but he was the most engaged person in the world with the game Minecraft. Now, this guy was a Minecraft pro, pro. He could make anything happen. Now, one of the things he loved was math, and math was his forte. However, math was a bit of a struggle, as was many things for him to put anything on paper but using minecraft edu and a little bit of code connection he was able to demonstrate his understanding of perimeter and area easily while building different buildings and objects now i seen this occur and i seen his learning for the very first time mid-october Blown away with the outcomes, super excited. So I thought, why not utilize Minecraft as much as possible for Dante the rest of the year? And he kicked out some of the most crazy cool things on there, showing his learning and demonstrating his understanding using that. We looked at certain blocks being a certain amount of money, um, and you know, building construction and adding up all the. <clears throat> the cost to build his building and whatnot that he was doing. Excuse me. And, you know, he was looking at three and four digit uh, addition. And then throughout that, we were exploring how using uh, his understanding of this as if we could do groupings and whatnot, which is your multiplication factors, Right, guys? So lots of cool explanations and lots of cool extensions in there for uh, my buddy, and Minecraft. Now, the fourth one <clears throat> within the uh, 5E process is elaborate. This phase extends students' conceptual understanding and allows them to practice skills and behaviors. Through new experiences, these learners develop deeper and broader understanding of major concepts, obtain more information about areas of interest, and refine their skills. Now, one of the things that stood out for me last year was we were doing simple circuits in electricity in grade six and simple circuits were simple as a uh, watch battery and we had it connected with uh, copper tape um, and lit up a little LED light, which was plain, simple and easy. Well, then the kids wanted to amp it up a little bit. So we did Squishy Circuits. I went to a workshop conference and I came back with one of uh, the lead teachers there working a a workshop for Squishy Circuits with a little bit of Play-Doh and whatnot. And they created the exact same thing, but a character in the books they were learning. So they did this out of Play-Doh, but then they pulled the person, cut the person apart, And when they connected it, um, the lights went off. And everything, uh, sorry, the lights went on that completed the circuit and all the information came too. Now, one side, they had all the stories, uh, information about the character, all the details about them, what their thoughts and feelings were about that main character. And on the other side of the character was what happened with them throughout the books and how they changed. Now, when you took both pieces and put them together, the light went off. And that's when they they realized the simple circuit had occurred there. Now, to elaborate further, uh, one of my friends were exploring Makey Makey the One Day, and he sat there and he gave me this, he just looked, he had this look upon his face that you could just tell his brain was moving, some wheels were turning and something crazy was happening in there. <clears throat> so I asked him, Hey buddy, what's going on? Which, what are you thinking about? And he said, you know, Mr. Archer, a circuit is nothing more than something that contains or can carry a load or a charge and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, man, you're right, right on the money. And he said, well, our, our bodies are made up of, you know, 75% water like we were talking about in health class. And I'm like, yeah, so, yeah, that, that works. And he said, if I ground myself using the micro, or sorry, the makey-makey, and you and I held hands, and we had a few more friends in, and then they touched me, wouldn't that be a complete circuit? And I said, I don't know. Let's give it a whirl. Why not? Try it out, right? I Sir, i knew it but in order for the kids to fully understand and grasp their concepts and refine their skills and whatnot they need to figure it out for themselves so we tried it and it didn't work now a lot of you guys are sitting here going what the heck why didn't it work well it's during the summer and someone had some rubber sandals on and the rubber sandals actually acted as an insulator and yeah it just It didn't work. And what I was looking at too was not just the sandals, but when someone grabbed another person's body, they were actually holding on to one of those bracelets on their wrist, which was one of those rubber insulated things that said, you know, empowerment to whatever and then sums or I don't know what it was exactly. But they were holding that again, an insulator. So it didn't complete the circuit. So my buddy was sitting here going, what's going on? It's not working. It should work. It should work. And I'm like, look at everyone around here. Someone's got sandals on with rubber soles. Take them off. So they took the sandals off. Still didn't work. And the hand then instantly was noticed by my friend. And he was like, get your hand off his bracelet. So this person immediately grabbed someone else's hand and bing, the light went off. Redefined their skills. Elaboration at its best. Now, the final of the five E's is evaluate. The phase encourages learners to assess their understanding and abilities and let teachers evaluate students' understanding and key concepts of the skill development. So there are so many features and so many apps out there that can can explore everything and then some. Now, um, I'm about to pull someone into the mix um, to talk about uh, one of his favorite things. And one of the things I want to talk about is Minecraft. Now, one of my, uh, one of my, my own kids, um, he struggles a little bit um, discussing and talking about things and visualizing and getting things out there. So Xander is one that has a bit of a difficulty taking what's in his head, his ideas, his thoughts and understanding and putting them on paper. But just like my friend Dante, he finds Minecraft amazing so before i elaborate on the evaluation piece i'm going to pull xander in for this piece and he's going to talk about his favorite feature and sorry the phone is ringing in the background here so xander what is your favorite feature of coding what's your favorite program that you love exploring minecraft and now what does minecraft do for you what can you do in minecraft that you absolutely love doing making cities making (coughs) mine Lego, making kitties, dinosaurs, and all of that. Now, one day you had your friend over, and you and Nate were actually creating something really cool that you both love playing on. What did you make? We made an arena that was 12 feet long. And we knew the footage based on the fact that each square was a foot. Now, Xander knew that there was a 12 squares there, so the sw- squel- 12, sorry, 12 squares, it was actually wide, um, indicated that the, the, the thing was 12 feet wide, obviously. So this is not your standard ice rink, but maybe an outdoor rink or something like that. But the cool thing for Xander was he was actually able to understand the concept of uh, distance. And one of the things he was looking at distance was 12 feet. Well, how many feet in a meter? Uh, uh, in a meter, uh, three, three feet. Yeah. And how many, uh, centimeters, uh, are in a foot? Twelve. Right? And then we are looking at how many millimeters were in 12 centimeters? Twenty. Oh, close. Um, But he was looking at conversions and whatnot. Now, he was able to demonstrate this through the chalkboards, right, in Minecraft. So in Minecraft, having uh, uh, non-player people, you can have them talk in there. You can have them explaining and talking about um, what they're learning and what they're trying to demonstrate and whatnot. So he was able to use those non-player people and... Chalkboards in order to show his work and understanding and that was a really cool phase so that evaluation going back to the five E's that evaluation phase of things was able to uh, empower so Xander was able to be empowered by Minecraft and his ability to show all of his understanding in 12 feet one square indicated a foot. And then we looked at conversions and whatnot. We was able to explain it and whatnot through all that stuff. So that was a really cool feature. Now, the other the other student voices I want to point are my girls. My girls who came to visit us last year during the Girls Can Code event. And we've seen cool MBOT robots. We've seen Minecraft. We've seen micro bits, right? And... I'm going to introduce you to my girls today. So here is... Abby. And? Callie. And how old are you girls? Six. Six years? How come you're the same age? Because we're twins. You're twins? Isn't that cool? Yeah. Anyway, so one of the coolest programs that we were exploring at the age of five at the time was Box Island. And Box Island, Callie's playing it right now, is something that you have to maneuver. And it's very simple. And it's all it is is up, down, left, and and right. And you have obstacles in the way. Now, what's the idea of the game? What do you got to try to do? Oh, oh. Yep. You can't get in the water. Yep. So if you hit that straight button, go, go, up, forward, 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 and eventually too many you fall in the water and you lose. And you have to start again, right? So, it teaches you girls to do what? Um, Think about what's on the screen. Screens, and Look at your obstacles. Those, and you have to do what with the squares before you get to the obstacles? Um, you have to make sure that the... the- Things pointing up or sideways or down or or up. Yeah. Or up. And you avoid those obstacles, but in order to avoid them, you're counting the squares, right? Mm-hmm. So you're learning your number identification, right? So if there was an object that was three squares forward, you had two ups, and then you had to turn left or right one in order to get around it so you wouldn't hit the obstacle or fall in the water, right? So Box Island is one of the most basic, coolest apps and programs to be used. And this is one of our stations when we do our cool hour of code. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, When we do our hour of code and whatnot. So it's really exciting. Anyway, so I think that's about all for now about talking about that. But what I want to share with you is December 3rd to the 9th, 2018 is Computer Science Week. What you need to do is take your classroom into the Hour of Code via, via, whatever, www.hourofcode.com. Today, there are over 648 billion people, isn't that crazy? Yes, who have partaken in the Hour Code? Wouldn't it be cool to get over a or over a hundred billion? Or wait, we're already past that. What's next after a billion? Six billion. Trillion? Wouldn't it be cool to get into a, the trillions? No, it's. Oh, that'd trillion. be awesome! All right, that website has really great video tutorials and ways to implement the Hour Code within your classroom. Guides for educators, parents, volunteers, districts, and companies. So if you want to host it at your local church, if you want to host it at your local arena, just as a volunteer, you can do it. Not a problem. It can happen. All your students, uh, and it allows, by exploring the Hour of Code, it allows your students, your people, your your kids, your anyone, your adults, to dive in alongside yourself into those five E's in learning as you dive into the world of coding. Thanks for listening today. I know it was a bit longer, but I'm very excited about this one. Um, just a one quick shout out to Microsoft. They are always open to providing opportunities to help you guys out with uh, coding and whatnot. Uh, pop on to uh, hashtag hourofcode.com, uh, hour of code, sorry, or uh, at Microsoft, uh edu C-A, canada um, they can hook you up with some great fantastic people out there that can help you uh, explore the world of coding uh if ever any questions hit me at hit me on my twitter at at archer joe capital a capital j anytime i will gladly connect Um, and share what's going on in the classroom, maybe even a Skype or two lesson or whatnot. Connect with Derek, connect with Brian, connect with Lisa. There's so many opportunities out there. Get your Minecraft on with a little bit of Garrett or Mark Rundle or Minu Rami. So many applications out there, out there. So get on it, hop into it. You'll absolutely love it. Take an hour out of your day and have fun. Learn alongside the kids. Even if you don't know how to do it, Sit down on a chair, get some kids around you, and they can teach you something. and Talk about empowering, right? So thanks for listening today. Up next, a future podcast episode, we're going to look at reading applications, resources in the classroom, such as the Epic Reading uh, Program. And I also will touch on the OneNote Learning Tools, the immersive reader for those who struggle in reading. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.